0: I'm Erin, I'm Sarah, I'm Megan, and this is the Tribbles and Transporters podcast. That's an interesting one. All right.
1: (laughs) That kind of sounded like the Muzak version of whatever it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, I'm going to guess that that's from the original series.
0: Or something related to the original series.
1: It is, but can you pinpoint it more specifically than that? Ooh. (sighs) Probably unlikely. <laughs> I wouldn't be asking you to do that if I didn't think you could. Oh, um, I'm trying to go through like. Man, whether, I don't know. Yeah,
0: whether it's in um when we watched semi recently, like um trouble with tribbles or trials and tribulations, um, hmm. but it doesn't seem to fit. What i remember from those (laughs) i'm clearly gonna get no help from megan
2: yeah i I, I don't know i I really don't i'm not (laughs) i haven't watched any of the original series in about a month uh and didn't remember i don't remember hearing this so um
1: (laughs) hmm. any guesses aaron well, I'm trying to think. It's There's some little nagging thing
0: that made it sound like it might have had something to do with Scotty or something. Just a little bit of a, you know, maybe Gee, a nod. I no- wonder why. <laughs> yeah, a nod to a Scottish theme or something.
1: Okay.
2: You're but, right about
0: that. Yeah, I I don't know if I can pin it down. the The only time I could maybe... Attribute it to is I, I'm thinking about in um, trouble with tribbles when he's talking about um, you know not getting in a fight with the Klingons, but then he does anyway. Um, so yeah, that that's my only guess.
1: <laughs> I I'm very impressed, Aaron You got it. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah, that, it is. It <laughs> is, is awesome. From... <laughs> the track is called a matter of pride oh. which is uh it put the background for that um scene where they're in the on, this is on the space station right where they're yeah conversing with the klingons and scotty's defending the pride of the enterprise basically so yeah you got it
0: awesome i i wow. didn't think i could I get there. so
2: impressed
1: <laughs> <laughs> I never would have, so you did great. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I only push you on it because we did watch that uh, episode. So I figured that you might pull that one out of your head.
0: (laughs) Well, I don't think I would have if it didn't have. And that is one thing about the original series music. A lot of times, if they are making a a reference, it's very obvious,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: even in the music. So very
1: on the nose, yeah,
0: yeah. To give it a almost like a a a, um cheesy version of of something Scottish, kind of uh, stood out.
1: Mm -hmm. And it also began with that like little playful type of sound too, which is very TOS. I feel like. Oh yeah, and maybe um, like the first. Our second season of TNG, they did, you know, weird music cues like that too, just to try and be (laughs) like TOS, and then they stopped. Thank God. So yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah, those were two very different shows, and the same music would not work for for both of them.
1: No, Uh, they tried to make TNG like TOS. And uh, I don't think they realized how different of a show it actually was until yeah. the third season. So or maybe about halfway through the second season, I feel like the episodes got better. But mm. um well we're gonna be talking about an episode in uh what is this season I forgot season three, I think? Or four. Season five. Uh, season five five. Five. <laughs> <Dangleman>. <laughs> um I for some reason had this stuck in my head as season four season five the perfect mate uh we're gonna be talking about that it's been a long time since i've seen this episode when's the last time you guys have seen it i
0: i couldn't even maybe a make a guess
1: <laughs> okay a year or two yeah Aaron, it's probably been like what a decade or something for you oh maybe? at least more than that.
0: yeah at least um, there there aren't very many TNG episodes that I've seen recently other than the ones that we've watched for this podcast. So, yeah, it's it's probably been, whew, I, I'd say probably at, at least 15, if not 20 years.
1: Wow. Was it um, like what you guys remembered it?
0: No, <laughs> I didn't remember <laughs> it at all. Oh, okay. Other than um, having seen um more recently when we were looking at people who are famous otherwise who have been in star trek um i do remember seeing that famka jensen was uh in a, a, a tng episode um and it just so happened to be this one
1: well i guess without further ado we will go into our uh what did you think portion of the episode well what do you think what do you think what do you think Um, Who wants to go first?
2: Eric can go first.
0: (laughs) All right. So, um, yeah, I thought it was an interesting episode. Um, There are a couple of unique points that uh, when I I looked up the episode to see what season number it was um, so I could find it easily on Netflix and um, read just a little bit about it. Um, So there were some... Interesting points that stood out. Um, the, there were some really odd moments in this episode, um, and some of the things that it, it just seemed like the story could have used a little more time to develop in some spots, and then, um, but obviously, they didn't have time because it's just a, a TV episode um other than that um you know I thought it was a, a
2: really interesting story.
1: Yeah, what about you, Megan?
2: Yeah, I thought it was an interesting storyline uh for them to cover. It was um looking back on it a little unusual um I guess that I can sort of get why Picard and Riker were so offended that this person was traveling like cargo. <laughs> I guess I just didn't pay attention to that as much as a teenager, um, versus now, you know, being an adult. Even though I've seen the episode since sometime in the last few years, but to to watch it for this sort of maybe pay more attention to the details and um, things being addressed in it. But I did enjoy the episode. I thought Famke Jensen did a fantastic job in the role. I looked online, and this was her her um, acting debut was in this episode. So for her to have a more or less a title character um in this, I thought she did fantastic and overall enjoyed the episode. I think I
1: realized for the first time watching this that uh, it's it's really a Picard episode <laughs> more than <laughs> than about Kamala, I think. Um although I mean, I don't know, maybe the storylines get equal equal time in this, but um it is about Kamala's right you know, to individualism and, and um, you know, not being property or whatever and, and her wants and needs. But I don't think I picked up on it that much when I was younger that um this really is an episode about Picard too and his uh status in life and his decisions. A lot of the type of stuff that we saw manifest itself in the uh series Picard. It was kind of touched on interestingly enough in this episode too. Um, about his choices in life and, you know, being alone and all of that stuff. So I thought that was a really interesting part of the episode that I didn't remember about it. So Mm. uh, I do agree there were a lot of awkward moments (laughs) that we'll talk (laughs) about, I'm sure. Uh, In This this has always been one of those TNG episodes that I kind of was vaguely aware of in the background. It's not one of my favorites. It's not a horrible episode either, but um, it's just kind of one of those mediocre ones. I think, for TNG. So well, before we get into too much in-depth discussion, we're going to do our um, traditional quiz where we quiz each other on this episode just to see how closely we were paying attention. Okay. Uh, we still have not established rules yet about who goes first, have we? <laughs>
0: um, we do no, we, we keep going back and forth on it.
1: I see. I think it's the person who won gets to go first so that their questions, they can ask whatever questions they want. So who won last
2: time? It wasn't me. <laughs> I lose this well, every who, time. Who so. do you think won, Megan? I don't know. It was pretty close between you and Aaron the last time I remember. I just don't remember who was. It was
1: not that close, I don't think. (laughs) Who usually wins these things? Aaron? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) There's your answer right there. Uh, I don't know that that's going
0: to continue, but.
1: (laughs) Aaron, do the honors. You get to go first.
0: All right. So in this episode, we see Data escorting Kamala through the ship. Um, she goes into Ten Forward and uh, causes quite a stir in there. Um, and she asks the the miners what they are drinking. What was it?
1: I didn't write this down, but I think uh, they said something like
2: Tarkalian Ale. Oh, I found it. I wrote it down. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> um, it was Aldorian Ale. Ah!
0: That's the, the
2: one. At least I got okay. the ale part that's true you were very close
0: okay so um then we have a scene where Kamala is in Picard's ready room and she picks up a object from um next to his desk um what did she
2: say it was I did write this down
1: (laughs) yeah I did too it's um and Thimble yeah Vintana and Thimble see i had the subtitles on see this Mm. is the weird thing about this is i had the subtitles on and she wasn't either the subtitle was wrong or she was mispronouncing that word Mm. because the subtitle says vintanian like i-a-n on the end of it and she was leaving that off
2: hmm
1: i don't know just a little (laughs) odd bit of trivia i thought i'd throw out there
0: yeah no that works also in that scene um Picard explains that he's, you know, a a, a boring person, and he says um, that he falls asleep how each night?
1: With a book in his hands.
0: Yeah, I was going to say reading a book, but... Yes. An old book in his hands. Alright, so you guys are doing great on
2: my questions.
0: When Kamala is talking about her life, um, she said that she was taken from her mother... How old was she when she was taken?
1: She was four. Yeah, I was going to say four as well. Yes, that is correct.
0: Okay. There there was a time set for the ceremony um, where Kamala would be given to the ambassador. Um, what time was it?
2: Oh man, I didn't write this one down. <laughs> I didn't make note of this because I thought it was strange
1: the way Picard said it, sort of. But okay. uh, it was ten. It was ten o'clock.
0: That is correct. Hey, you guys did awesome on my questions. You are, I have both of you tied at four points.
1: Yeah, um, I was gonna say whoever won that round gets to go next, but <laughs> it's not gonna work. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I wish I had like a coin, a coin flip thing. Let me do, do a virtual coin flip. What do you want, Megan? Heads or tails? Uh, tails. It is heads. So, I guess that means I go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For all you guys know, I could be totally lying about that, too. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> I'm not, though, <laughs> being honest. Okay.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, by the way, guys, if you didn't know that, you can go flip a coin online. Um, <laughs> all right. So, a little known fact there are some dolphins on board the uh, Starship Enterprise D. <laughs> Which deck are they on?
0: Yeah, I, I thought that was interesting when uh, when he says that. I was like, you're just throwing that out there? Like, oh, hey, by the way, there's dolphins. Do you want to see them? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: um, I haven't the
2: foggiest clue. Yeah, I don't either. I, I mean, deck seven, maybe? Oh,
1: Megan, you got it. Did I really? Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, uh, so it, like when Jordi's walking off with a, a Frangie, he, he says, hey, let's go see the Dolphins deck seven, and then he kind of trails off what he's going to say next. But, huh. Yeah.
0: No, I totally missed that.
1: Wow. I wish we would have uh, seen the Dolphins in the series. That yeah. Been nice.
0: I just kind of assumed when he said that that it was, like, in the holodeck. <laughs>
1: Oh, no, um, I've seen, I don't, I mean, I really don't know anything about it, but I have seen stuff online with people referring to the dolphins. There's like Hmm. an actual, apparently tank of dolphins, a real dolphin somewhere on the ship. Yeah, I've seen it where- I have no idea, but- (laughs) Where it
2: was in like the tech (laughs) specs of the ship or something that that was there, but yeah, this was the only episode that was actually referenced- yeah. I was going to say,
0: I I wonder if that came up as just a, you know, in this episode okay, we need something to distract the Ferengi, we'll have them say this and then they just then throw that in the technical specs from then on, or what?
1: It's so just a random thing, hey, let's put some dolphins in a tank on the Enterprise. <laughs> like, what?
2: It is But it does random. make you wonder, what purpose does that serve? Why I know, like, a if you wanted- Starship <laughs>
1: If you want to go to an Aquarium, go to the holodeck. Like, you can do yeah. anything you want. I don't understand why there's actual dolphins. <laughs> why are there any actual animals at all? You know, I mean, I mean, other than, like, some pets or whatever, but... Yeah. It's so weird. We should look into that a little bit more. <laughs> Alright, question number two here. When uh Riker runs away from Kamala's uh, seducing him, um, he tells Worf... the bridge he's going somewhere where is he going i did write this down
0: i did not and i should have
2: oh man Um, megan is is killing it right now yeah i took really good notes for about the first (laughs) 35 minutes of the episode and (laughs) and then i didn't take any notes after that point so oh
1: duly noted thanks Megan. all right you're welcome
0: Oh dear. Um. Oh, what was it? I have no idea. It, the only thing that's coming up is like Holodeck Two, but I don't think that's right.
1: What, Megan? What do you have? Holodeck Four. Oh, yeah. I was close. Right. Megan's up.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, Aaron, have you gotten anything right yet? <laughs>
0: I have not.
1: Okay, just making sure. <laughs> All right. Question number three the uh, Ferengi offer something to bribe the ambassador uh, what do they offer him
0: I do have this one written down
2: I do too <laughs> okay
0: it is Leducial gold
2: yep 10,000 right. pieces and then up to 20 mm-hmm. while they were talking
1: alright good you both good point for that one <laughs> yay it's on the board. <laughs> Alright, question four. When uh, Kamala is talking to Picard she tells him that she learned to play some instruments and uh, she tells him that not only did she learn to play the entire orchestra but also what...
2: I have that written down? I don't have that written down.
1: (laughs) That's because it's in the last (laughs) part of the episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She learned to play some Valtese horns. That's right because they sound like br- braying tarji moonbeasts.
2: Yeah, the only thing I remember <laughs> is some kind of Valteze instrument. That was all I could remember. Yeah. I'm
1: trying to think what I'm going to do for my last question here. Question number five. I actually didn't write a ton down for the question, so I'm a little limited to choose from here. In the scene in the ready room where Kamala's talking to Picarb. Uh she refers to some villages where he grew up or close to where he grew up. What was the name of those or that village? I wrote it
0: down, but I don't know that I have it written down. Like, I basically wrote it down phonetically. Okay. <laughs> I should have looked it up, but...
2: <laughs> this is one I did not write down, so uh, I okay. do know.
0: So I know she, she spoke about some gardens of Les Series.
1: That's right. Yay! so we stand Aaron with 3 points I have 4 and Megan has 7 nice so Megan you might pull this one out I don't know I haven't asked my questions yet to (laughs) y'all so we'll see
0: oh I'd I'd be surprised (laughs) I'd be surprised if I get anywhere close you
1: have to get 4 out
2: of 5 to tie
0: yeah exactly
1: alright
2: Okay, so my uh, first question is: What was the star date given at the beginning of the episode?
0: <laughs> knew I should have written that down.
2: I did not even pay attention to that. There's a star date <laughs> at the beginning. There's of actually cases. there's actually two star dates in the episode given.
1: You know, I think I hit play and I was like doing something else um, for like the first 15 seconds of the episode, so I didn't even pay attention to that.
0: <laughs> no, I I knew there was a star date, and I thought. Yeah, but there's a star date in pretty much every episode. So, I won't I, I don't need to write that down. So,
2: Oh, and see, this is the one I thought they're going to get this. They write this
1: <laughs> stuff down. <laughs> well, see now, see now we know anytime there's a star date,
2: we got to write it down. <laughs> I mean, I love that the my very first question y'all haven't answered. I think this is a first for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um In keeping with that, so uh, when Kamala is uh, dropped off at her quarters, there is a um, number on the door that's visible when Riker leaves. What is the number on the door?
0: Yeah, I didn't write that down either.
2: Okay, you know what? I'm revising
1: my my little theory about who should go first because (laughs) the person that goes last has more advantage because they can choose the more obscure (laughs) questions later on. Uh, that I... were not asked. <laughs> uh a, a number. Um I don't know, thirty-two.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Is it can
1: you give us like is it in between these two numbers?
2: Well, it's actually it's a list of like it's two numbers and then four numbers. Oh, so. okay. Is that all? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um
1: sure. Thirty two uh sixty eight ninety four. No. <laughs> No.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, see I was going to say like 3-12 or something, but that's obviously not correct. So
1: <laughs> It's probably oh something because it's with that would be like the deck number and then the quarter number
2: after that. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, so it's um 03-3627 is the number that was on that door. And it did have guest quarters on huh. it in small print. Um mm-hmm. So I I thought that was interesting. So um let's see. What was wrong uh with the Ferengi ship? It was about to explode. <laughs> Don't know. Oh. <laughs> I just saw it explode. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> that, but it's actually stated.
1: What, I'm what sure was it wrong is so I was blocking that out as I usually do.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say it was some sort of containment leak or something, but uh
2: i i can't get any more specific than that you were very very close so there the containment field was uh collapsing on the ship and the um the reactor core had become unstable so okay you were very close (laughs) should i give her half a point for that sure (laughs) not that it's going to help her no not at all (laughs) so that was three
1: questions yeah, you've already won at this point. But go ahead. Yeah. Let's just see who comes in second.
2: <laughs> what was um, the name of the two planets that um, Kamala would be uniting? Vault and Krios. Vault Minor and
1: Krios, wasn't it? That is correct, Aaron. Yeah. Oh, come on. <laughs> You're giving out a technicality like that.
2: <laughs> Wait, hey, if, would you show me mercy on
0: this half a point there you go <laughs> i was gonna say if you gave me half a point for the last one you better give her half a point for that one
2: we're tied then yes Aaron. what was um the name of the function that would have sealed um the peace between the two planets so this is what was happening on the enterprise between kamala and chancellor Ulrich. So what was the name of that?
0: Hmm I don't think I noticed that it had a name. I thought it was just like the, the treaty, the ceremony they just kept or ritual or they kept c- talking about
2: It is a ceremony, but they, it did have a name. I don't know. So it was the ceremony of reconciliation. Huh. Okay, makes mm-hmm. sense.
0: Yeah. I was thinking it was going to be some sort of alien word, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> Megan, you finally win. I am so surprised,
0: <laughs> and it, it's it's pretty much a landslide victory.
1: So. Yeah, wasn't even close.
0: Yeah,
2: I, no one's more shocked than I am. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay,
1: winner gets to go last from now on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh dear!
1: Because if you write down enough questions, you'll get to the more obscure ones. And oh yeah, be able to eke out the wind that way probably so <laughs> all right well good job everybody on the quiz and uh megan congratulations you finally deserve it so oh, thank you <laughs> <laughs> thank you yay <laughs> How can you simply deliver her, like a courier, into a life of virtual prostitution?
2: Beverly, arranged marriages have been the basis of political alliances in many cultures, including our own.
1: I'm surprised at you.
2: She knows exactly what she's doing.
1: She has been conditioned since the day she was born to believe it's perfectly acceptable to exist only to please men.
2: But she was born to do this.
1: And bred by those people to seal a treaty with a seductive coup de gras.
2: All right, fine, good. Let's throw the prime directive to the winds. Let's detain her here against her will. Let's destroy any chance of peace between these worlds. Let's interfere in their society, their customs.
0: That slave trader who calls himself an ambassador—he has her
1: confined to her quarters. She is a virtual prisoner in there. I didn't know that. Um, I guess we'll go into the episode discussion now. Um, This is going to be in no particular order. We're not super formal. With going scene by scene and all of that stuff. We're assuming that you have... Listeners have watched the episode and you know what's going on. And um, so we'll just jump in and start talking, I guess. Um, the first kind of thing that I noticed that was... Kind of, kind of, we, we talked about awkward moments, right? Yes. Is this weird? Because I feel weird. Do you feel weird? There are a lot of them in this episode. The first one uh, I noticed was um, so Picard's in his ready room talking to the ambassador at the beginning of the episode, and he gets paged to come to the bridge because they run into a Ferengi ship, and he just says "Excuse me" and walks out and leaves the ambassador sitting in his ready room. (laughs) I'm just like, how awkward is that? What if I was the ambassador and he just like leaves and I'm, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. I guess Are you, you d- supposed to just, like, stick your head out into the bridge going, um, excuse me, do you mind if I, you know, leave or whatever? I mean, it's <laughs> right. just a really strange thing to yeah. do. Are you going to be long, Captain? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How long is um, this going to take, you know?
0: I suppose it's like if you're at the doctor's office and they get, you know, an urgent phone call or something and they have to step out.
1: Well, I mean, Picard didn't even say anything to him. He was just like, Okay, well, I'm I'm leaving now. You know, there was no <laughs> I'll be back in a minute, you know, or anything like that. He just left them. Yeah. So I mean, obviously they don't expect people to really think about that. And honestly it's the first time I ever noticed that watching this episode. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, that's super awkward. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, to to me the awkward um really hit me when um when the Ferengi were brought on board, because it's one of those things where, okay, this is clearly a plot point somehow. And then it just is kind of a little thing. And then the Ferengi, like, you know, make mention of, well, obviously they're scheming something because they say, oh, well, that was easy. And then it's just like, oh, well, never mind. There's just some Ferengi on board.
1: Yeah, like, like it cut <laughs> it it cut away from Ferengi for like twenty minutes. Like we didn't see the Ferengi, and then all of a sudden it cuts to them in their quarters, and they're like, I guess it's the scene where they they bribe the ambassador or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, oh, right, they're a Ferengi in this episode. <laughs> I totally forgot about them. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah, it just seemed like it was there. There was probably a smoother way to incorporate the Ferengi into the episode. Um,
1: or yeah, if you even
2: needed them at all, like I
1: know, I was like, "What was the point of that
2: storyline other than just to fill time or whatever?" Well, I mean, other than you... to wake, her, you know, Kamala from her cocoon earlier than normal.
0: Yeah, and then to put the ambassador out of commission for, you know, a couple of days.
2: Okay, so let's talk about that. So his fall in that scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was some of the worst acting I have ever seen.
1: Well, first and of all, why he falls why is...
2: chest first into a table, but it knocks oh, him unconscious falls. for days. Yeah, yeah. What?
1: <laughs> well, first I thought that I for- I had forgotten whether or not he lives, and so I was like, well, did that kill him? You know. Um, but I was like, well, how does that kill him? Did he like slice his neck on the glass or something? You know. Yeah. But um, yeah, I thought that was. I don't know. He's he's 200 years old, right? Yeah. yeah so maybe maybe it can yeah, knock when him out.
0: when he first falls, there is a shard that looks like it's very close to his neck. And I thought, okay, well that's what how they're going to say that he's, you know, out of commission like why he's instantly knocked unconscious. But then in the very next um on and the next angle, he then has an injury to his head.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: So, yeah, that was rather strange.
2: But I did think, like, okay, if this was being shot today, like, today's stunt people would have done a much better job of falling into that table and making it look like he had hit his head. Because when he fell, he did not hit his head.
0: Yeah. Well, I think Um, the problem was because they filmed it from that angle, it wasn't a stunt person. It was just the actor. Um, And so... He didn't have the, um, you know, the training in, in how to fall to make it look, you know, really Real? intense. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, it must have been a director. I mean, I didn't know. I don't I didn't see who directed this episode, but it must have been a director that didn't have much experience shooting that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. Or something. I don't know. And it may have been something they could only get one take on. They, maybe they didn't have another table they could break or something um but yeah it just for me I was like oh man that was like the one moment I went oh <laughs> and watching <laughs> the whole episode of you know just yeah that was the one thing that sort of pulled me out of just enjoying the the episode itself it's just like oh that was terrible yeah
1: yeah and how awkward then would it have been we need a segment called the awkward <laughs> segment where we talk about <laughs> awkward points in the episodes is this weird cuz i feel weird do you feel weird but how awkward would it have been then if, if you had to be the Ferengi to call Captain Picard and say, "Uh, we just knocked out the ambassador and we were trying to bribe him." <laughs> <laughs> was like, how did, how did they find out about the ambassador? Did the Ferengi just leave him there and somebody found him, or did they turn themselves in? Like, yeah, I would have been interested to know that.
0: Yeah, who knows? I I want to know how did the Ferengi know about this? The whole metamorph thing and where to find her and like surely there would have been an easier way to do all of this rather than get yourselves onto a federation ship with a whole bunch of security and all this kind of stuff and you know it just seems like really strange amount of motivation like it, it just doesn't seem like the stakes would be high enough to me to go through all of that and it's just very that part but of it, the episode is strange
2: it is sort of like a reoccurring theme though for the fringy in next generation of they've got to blow up their ship and get rescued, quote-unquote, by the Enterprise (laughs) to get on the ship to be able to pull off whatever their devious scheme Mm. is. I mean, Um, yeah,
1: think of the episode Rascals. They took over the whole freaking ship. Yeah. There's like five (laughs) Ferengi. They commandeered a ship from a thousand people. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Equally ridiculous was why did the Ferengi... First of all, how did the Ferengi get into Cargo Bay? The Cargo Bay without any security, nobody knowing yeah. he was there. Shouldn't that stuff be like, especially if there's a, a metamorph being like taking care of? Right cargo there. Precious and, cargo. Precious yeah. cargo. Shouldn't they have the thing locked or something?
0: Well, and the ambassador did ask to have it off limits. So why wasn't the door locked? Or like you say, a security guard.
2: Well in the Ferengi, he was in there a long time before yeah. Wharf got an alert on the bridge that there were Ferengi in the <laughs> a Ferengi in the cargo bay. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know, it was, yeah. And to
1: scan the thing, he had to like get up at eye level with it apparently <laughs> on these barrels for some reason. So like, yeah. does your scanner not can you not just point it upward, you know, four feet and scan what, well, what it is you're trying to
0: yeah. That was another awkward stunt in this episode oh, yeah. of yes. where he very obviously kicks the barrel to make <laughs> sure it goes towards the thing to knock it over.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: when he falls off the the stack of items.
1: Yeah, it was stupid. I mean, it was obviously you know done so that you know he would disturb in- her. You know whatever. Yes. Yeah. It was. Um, yeah so yeah i just see none of this stuff i ever recognized when i was a kid watching this episode to me it just like i didn't even notice any of this stuff so yeah it's interesting going back and as an adult watching this (laughs) and while i was watching this the ferengi i was like one of these guys is from deep space nine and i couldn't figure out if it was nog or rom I, obviously I yeah, I looked yeah. it up eventually, but I was at first I thought it was Nog because it sounded like him.
0: Well, and I was confused because I, I did end up looking up both actors because mm-hmm. when I looked up the episode it said, Oh yeah, and this this features Mac, Max Max who played Rom. Mm-hmm. And then I couldn't find on IMDB a a um a credit for the other Ferengi. So I thought, I mean, it sounds like Aaron Eisenberg, which would be an interesting thing if it was the two of them.
2: It was not Aaron Eisenberg. No. Um, It it was another, it's on, um, if you go to the actual episode on IMDb, it's on there.
0: See, I did go to there and I didn't see it,
2: but. It was a different actor's name, but he did sound incredibly like Aaron Eisenberg, but it wasn't him. So, but like, even with, but I think he and, um, he and that actor and Max, um, have both played different Ferengi. Not just you know where you know Max became so known as as Nog off of Deep Space Nine, but he's he's played other Ferengi. Um, so yeah. this is not his first time in playing a, a Ferengi on Star Trek.
1: No, they recycled Ferengi. Yeah, like, they keep the the same actors coming back in different roles for the Ferengi. I feel like.
0: Yeah, yeah, according to um, Memory Alpha, um, he also was in Rascals. Hmm. So he was one of that the that might Frangie be why that... he looks
1: familiar. Yeah,
0: yeah. So his his makeup does look a little bit different um, in the two times that he was a Ferengi. So uh, they did I tweak it was... a little bit.
2: He was the one on the bridge, and and Rascal is the one on the bridge with Riker when Riker was telling him how to use the computer. Mm-hmm. Probably all trying to reroute functions. <laughs> That's yeah. one of
1: my favorite moments in Star Trek. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: Yes, that is,
0: in fact, um, who it was, because uh, I just looked it up, and uh, yes, he was the one on the bridge with Riker.
1: I did appreciate the makeup, though. I did notice that they made the makeup different for yes. the Prangi in this. Like, one had, like, it looked like age spots and a little bit more wrinkles on his head. The other one looked younger. Um and so I, I noticed that little detail, and I thought that was that was pretty cool.
2: I do have to say though, too, like in in watching this episode, um, I loved the costuming in this one. I thought the two dresses that um, Fanka Jansen had to wear—I mean, her two dresses were beautiful. Her wedding gown was gorgeous. Hmm. Um, I thought, um, but even like the both the ambassadors in there both had um, very unique costuming in it um i wasn't super impressed with the one for ambassador byram or however you say his name uh that it was a little too colorful for me Mm -hmm. um just as a personal thing uh but i did enjoy the the costuming i thought the the wardrobe people or costuming people for this episode did a fantastic job on creating something um unique for these uh, three different alien species.
0: I was just going to say that it. I thought it was interesting that this completely alien culture still has white wedding dresses. Yeah. No, that's the point
1: yeah. I was going to make. I was, and with the veil, like the the ceremony looked very human to me, and I thought that was kind of strange. Yeah. But
0: it was beautiful. <laughs> oh yeah, gorgeous. I, I also thought it was interesting that we get this whole episode about um needing to learn this whole ritual for this ceremony that's going to go on and you know Picard's learning to play this instrument and reading a scroll and all of this. And when we finally see this whole ceremony start,
1: <laughs> None of that she happens. literally
0: just walks in, announces yeah. herself, and then kisses him.
1: That's like yeah. a yeah. point and that's and that's it. too. Yeah. It's <laughs> like awkward moment number five. Yeah. yeah. None of that happens in the ceremony. Picard learned that all for no reason. <laughs>
0: yeah. I also thought it was interesting when I was um looking into the background of this episode that there were four different endings written for it. Um and they filmed two different versions. Um, and the the other version that was filmed actually had Picard um step in and stop the ceremony and then we find out that he he basically just imagined himself doing that so it's like we get a glimpse inside his head of him wanting to do that and then find out that no he just stood there and watched it happen
1: that would have been even more awkward yeah exactly yeah (laughs) Because he talks about how he doesn't want her to go through it the entire episode. So why? I mean, that would have been redundant, I think, for that to happen. Yeah. Well, they,
0: I mean, Patrick Stewart's a good enough actor. He showed that on his face to me.
2: Yeah. This episode was also the first episode um, in the series that showed Captain McCard and Dr. Crusher having breakfast with each other.
1: Oh, I. you know, I really like that. Um, I wasn't I didn't know that this was the first time, but um I really like their little breakfast moments that they have with each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really neat to show their their continuing friendship.
1: Yeah, it's just really cool to kind of see them in that informal way. Although why Beverly's wearing her lab coat at the breakfast table, I don't know. <laughs> I I thought that was <laughs> weird too. Um like, just put that on when you get the sick bay. You don't have to wear it everywhere. Yeah. And why she's wearing a lab coat too? I don't understand that because doctors wear them to keep, you know, f- fluids and stuff from splattering on them. Yeah. Um. I mean, and I, I mean, I I wouldn't think that that's happening a whole lot, you know, with twenty fourth century medicine.
0: Yeah, I always thought it was more of a, um, just to give her something distinctive to her uniform just sort of the the similar kind of way that they had you know the captain's jacket and and all that sort of thing um just something different to make them stand out from the uh, rest of the crew which actually kind of goes against the idea of a uniform but uh...
2: (laughs) but it was also easy for her like i don't know if you've noticed it over the times you've seen it like any time that she's um, needed to have a medical tricorder for some reason that she hasn't been in sickbay. She always has one conveniently she has in a, her yeah, pocket. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, that's uh Pulaski had that too. She would just randomly have what she needed just in her pocket all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and she didn't even wear a lab coat too, so I don't even know where she had all that stuff. It's just like all <laughs> of a sudden it appeared in the scene, you know?
0: Yeah, I thought it was interesting too that we get. Um, the moment of of crusher say referencing a penny for your thoughts and then she says oh i'm I, i'm sure the replicator has one in its database you know
1: yeah uh i missed that line i guess i don't remember that i remember yeah. her saying a penny for your thoughts but i didn't hear the replicator part of that
2: yeah 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 he asked her if you do you if do you have one and that's when she said i'm sure the replicator has it on file oh okay yeah it's interesting
1: how star trek Refers back to a lot of twentieth century and nineteenth century saints. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, for obvious reasons, I guess, but
2: um, well, the to writers have,
1: make good use of it.
2: Yeah, I mean, to have like Shakespeare quoted, um, the Bible quoted, mm-hmm. <laughs> like this yeah. that happened in this episode, and I, I remember like not so much Shakespeare because I would figure that would, you know, as classic literature would sort of survive, but right. to have the the Bible quoted on the show was a little like shocking sort of in a show that's um, at this point was not a, a show that really showed any type of religion um, to have a religious book reference was a little odd for me, but I remember when I watched it, I watched this episode last night so we could talk about it today. And I remember um, just going, well, oh, huh, she just quoted the Bible. All right.
0: What stood out to m- more to me was the fact that she was a- an alien so and she would had obviously, know about it. yeah, she studied human culture enough to have. Now, I would argue that um, you know that would maybe fall into the category of Jewish history, um, and you know there is the fact they have found Jericho and they have found you know remnants of the wall being knocked down and things like that. So uh, I guess you could argue it being a historical event.
1: Um, I was just gonna say that uh, a lot of universities today do uh teach the Bible as literature um so I could at least yeah. really see you know that practice surviving into you know a few hundred years from now, possibly so uh like Shakespeare kind of does
2: I did find it interesting that she was even studying human history in the first place, like if your whole life's goal and purpose is to become the mate of this other um, leader of this other planet. Why would you delve that deeply into human history? Like to, to be as young as she proclaimed she was um, and studied her whole life to become this particular person's mate. Why would you study anything else? Well, she
1: does say that data helps her. So data may have, given her some hints, or she may have asked Data, you know, what kind of things is Picard into? And then she just kind of did a quick study of it. I don't know. I mean, that she's either like a genius level smart to be able to learn all of that within a few hours, you know, or I I don't know. Like, there's not really a good explanation for it.
0: Well, and she does mention that she is well-versed in a lot of topics because she doesn't know what her potential mate would be interested in. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but I somehow doubt that in this alien culture, Shakespeare is going to be a topic of conversation. So, yeah, it just, it, I just, I found that a little odd for me. It's yeah. very specific for sure. Yeah. Uh, another awkward
1: moment. Is this weird? Because I feel weird. Do you feel weird? Uh, what about that shot when Picard first visits Kamala in her quarters? He just like walks in and they're facing two different directions. I know there's a mirror thing going on there, but it takes you a minute to figure that out. You know, yeah. it's just very strange. The director chose some very strange. I mean, I know he's being artsy, you know, trying to do it that way, but it was just, it was just kind of odd because you don't really see the mirror.
0: Yeah. I, I had that written down as well to bring up as it was a very disconcerting angle. Um, and I thought, why is Picard not turning to look at her? <laughs> Um I mean I can understand if you walk into someone's quarters and oh hey they're they're not directly in front of you they're off to the side but why stand there staring straight ahead <laughs> you know I I think yes it was neat to have it be revealed as a mirror but I think it should have been a a few seconds of that and then have her step forward a little bit so that then you know, maybe her shoulder comes in front of the camera so that you then realize what's going on,
1: or show the mirror. I mean, it was so dark like you couldn't tell it just looked like a like she was actually standing behind him. you know, there was no indication yeah. that there was a mirror there, you know, and so they you're did eventually left show the mirror. I know, but my gosh, they left it yeah. lingering for quite a while, so I mean, I kind of like I'm figured it out. You know, it was like they have. There has to be a mirror or something here because this doesn't make sense. But it was just, it was awkward.
0: Well, and I thought to just the whole way that they showed essentially the the function of Kamala's um, abilities just made it awkward. Like, um, oh my It's gosh. just you know the way she Boy, was, was just this awkward, constantly like toying with each of the men, almost absent mindedly. And then I I don't know whether it's a a conscious choice of Famka Jensen or it just comes across in the way she acts or something, but she seems to play a lot of these like overly seductive, like overt roles. Um and it just it felt really strange. And I understood it in the context of, okay, this this is what her character is and what she's been groomed to be. But, uh, yeah, it it was just awkward kind of the whole way through.
2: Is this weird? Because I feel weird. Do you feel weird?
1: Especially where Riker was, like, giving her those weird looks um, when they first meet her, Mm. you know? Like, she would keep saying stuff and he would, like, give her the eye, you know, (laughs) constantly. And uh yeah, it was just kind of like those, oh gosh, we're going to go into one of those, uh, you know, like Kirk-like moments for Riker here with this this lady. Mm. And then the awkward part, it just continued to get more and more awkward throughout the episode because I thought it was just, the, Kamala and Picard were a very weird match. Yeah. You know, it's like I didn't really feel chemistry between the two of them and they're like separated by 30 years or something it just it seemed like he should be her dad or something like that And it just it felt very strange to me and um that picard was even getting caught up in this too Hmm. i don't know like i mean i'm not saying he wouldn't but it just seemed really unprofessional the whole thing it was like is this how a starfleet captain is going to be acting in this situation
2: I would agree with that. It was like he suddenly, um, he was resisting for so long and he just suddenly gave in. Yeah, like, yeah. To, yeah. that's, by the end by the end of the episode, I was like, oh my gosh, okay, well. And
1: at the end, yeah. like, he didn't deny uh, giving in to her and he just left the ambassador hanging, you know? And if I were the ambassador, I would have thought that he was implying that, I don't know, they got together or something like that.
0: Well, I think that was implying, he was like, you know how did you resist and it was basically well i i kind of didn't but yeah he he did leave it so that you could interpret it as he went much beyond what actually happened
1: yeah and i was like do you really want the ambassador to think that <laughs> like he's not he wasn't supposed to do anything i would i would think that you know to maintain that professionalism of a starfleet captain of the flagship I think I would want the ambassador to know that, hey, I was tempted, but I didn't actually do anything. Mm. You know, like your cargo was safe, you know, or whatever. So, uh, yeah, it was just, again, another awkward ending, I thought.
0: Although technically she does say that she bonded to Picard. So, and I found it interesting that she knew that that happened. Like she knew something had changed to, okay, I'm now bonded
1: Uh, that's even creepier to me like i i don't i didn't catch that but that's that's weird that's even weirder to me than them just yeah like being flirty or whatever they're actually bonded so i don't know like i don't know i just did not feel
2: the chemistry between these two like that you know for me like watching it because i am a like an x-men fan so yeah to have seen all those movies and here you've got professor x and Jean gray <laughs> yeah it's like, oh yeah this is weird this is weird yeah that i do was... know who uh that is so
0: i i didn't put two and two like i was thinking about her as I was thinking about her as Jean Gray, but then I, I completely forgot about the fact that uh Patrick Stewart played Professor X. So yeah, that makes it even even weirder. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Totally weird so. for it to be a, a potential love interest. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. My head's like, so, No, no, no <laughs> So
1: why well, I don't get this reference. Jean Gray. Is that like a younger lady or something like that
2: she she's
0: a one of the x-men characters so. well yeah
1: but i don't i didn't watch the but, x-men so yeah
2: she the Jean gray character was a student at professor charles xavier professor x's school so she was a kid there grew up there and a and taught came back to teach there so yeah it's, it's just a weird <laughs> weird so thing it's like that... a teacher getting together
1: with an ex-student kind of
2: yeah oh yeah yeah that's... i mean
0: that yeah, obviously that didn't happen, but because you know the the same two actors in this episode, it it, it had that weird vibe.
1: The same two episode uh, actors. This lady is yes. the same actress that played that part.
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: In the movies. What? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's so weird. she she was Jean Grey
2: and. i'm surprised you haven't watched x-men to see patrick stewart in a different role
1: i i saw i think the first one but after that i didn't watch them. so i'm not i don't like uh the comic book stuff i'm not Mm. into that so i don't watch those movies
0: i i also thought it was interesting when they were talking about the metamorphs of course i i picked up i'm like here she is because she literally says she's a mutant And so that, you know, that turned a light bulb on in my head. I was like, "Eh, so she played a mutant in two things. Um, Yeah. Yep. Same. (laughs) But um, I thought it was interesting when they were talking about the, um, the way it shows up in different generations, they said, you know, male metamorphs are, are much more common. So, I I was just picturing I'm like could you imagine a man being like her? Oh man, that'd be <laughs> and how like it would be the like would he be all about trying to to please a woman or like what I I don't wasn't well, that their flat flat function? Interesting.
1: Like she said, yeah. like her species, I was like that's their thing is they become something for somebody else. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so the male i i did think about that too like what what function do the male metamorphs play um is it the same as the female and what does that look like and all of that stuff but i think that um aren't they supposed to be kept in stasis until they meet their person or whatever
0: well but i mean i i got the feeling that it's really only this um one woman who was used in this um, in this ceremony that so that is why she's going through all of this. And it seemed to me like anybody else who was a metamorph like that was just a normal person.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And so it was just, you know, they were kind of waiting for another female one to be born so that they could use her in this ceremony. Um, And since it's so much more rare. So I was just trying to think, like, what would it be like for someone who's like that, just in normal, everyday life, you know, growing up that way and and everything?
1: Well, I mean, I also thought a lot about Deanna Troy, which was not in this episode at all. Um, Yeah. That would have been, I think, an interesting choice to have Deanna in this episode, uh, an empath talking to an empath you know, maybe about some of this stuff because I think they would have a lot in common. Now, I don't know if if Kamala had powers or whatever beyond Deanna Troy. I mean, they're Mm. both empathic. So um, I don't know if the metamorph thing adds to that. Is that something that Deanna doesn't possess? Because that just means that she's able to conform herself to whoever, because she's using her empathic powers to sense what that person wants. And so she kind of adapts to that, which of course Diana is not really going to do. But, yeah. Uh, but does she have the ability to, to do that?
0: Well, I would think that to me, it seemed like the difference was the difference between it, it being a conscious choice and making it actually your personality. So like people today, now they're, they're not empathic in the sense that they're literally sensing the other person's feelings, but you can you can have empathy for someone and and figure out what they're probably feeling and adjust your responses to try and help them. Um, you know, so that that's just a that can happen just in normal conversation. Um, but to me, the the whole metamorph thing sounded more like she literally almost like her her brain patterns changed yeah to fit the situation almost and so once she reached that the end of the the maturing process and she became imprinted on that one person then that meant her brain patterns were set that way and she wouldn't change again okay so that to me was then when she was saying you know well i bonded with you picard so now her brain patterns are, you know, what Picard would want. And then she was then saying for the rest of your, her life, it was going to have to be a conscious choice to be what Ulrich wants.
1: Well, I know the Betazoids have bonding too, which is mm. like, I know Troy and Riker are supposedly bonded. You know, they can talk to each other telepathically and stuff. Yeah. So maybe it's just a different type of, slightly different type of empathy and bonding, I guess, with the Betazoids. Too. Yeah. But yeah, it's just interesting uh, thinking about, you know, how how would Troy have fit into this episode as an empath? You know, could mm. they have used her in any way with this instead of Picard? Maybe I don't know.
0: And maybe that's why Troy wasn't in this episode either. It would have been too easy for her to step in and kind of sort some of it out. Or they were like, I don't know how she would deal with this, so let's just not have her in this episode.
1: We can't have two impasse in on one episode. It's too much. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys noticed how much Picard says shall instead of will? I'd never picked up on this until we started watching Star Trek more recently. Almost like, Picard says shall hmm. instead of will all the time. It's very formal.
0: Yeah. I never noticed it, but you, you saying that, oh yeah, it's it's more formal that way, it does kind of make sense.
2: Yeah, I never noticed it either.
1: I, yeah, I don't know if it's just a British thing or if it's just Shakespeare training. It would be interesting to go back and look at some scripts and see how the writers write it. Do mm. they actually write shall for Picard as a choice for how he speaks or is that Patrick Stewart? Yeah. But yeah, you guys just listen for that. I mean, he never he almost never says will, it's always shall. Hmm. It's just I was it's just really interesting cuz people don't talk like that usually. <laughs> yeah. Know? So it's just I mean, it's not odd because you know, he just says it so nonchalantly that you don't really register it, but yeah, I just thought it was kind of an interesting character piece to him that I hadn't noticed before. Hmm. Another interesting character piece that I didn't know about Picard until rewatching this was that he grew up playing the piano.
0: Yeah, I thought that was interesting too.
1: I guess it kind of makes sense cuz he does play the resican flute. Maybe it makes sense that he has some music training to make that a little bit easier, but it always seemed like he was a beginner almost the way he played that flute. Mm. So I never knew that he had musical training prior to that.
2: I did um in researching Uh, This episode, I did read that um, the makeup used on Kamala was um, the inspiration to change the look of the trill uh, for Deep Space Nine.
1: Yeah, I was going to say they have the trill spots on
2: them. Yeah. Yeah. That they, um, when they retested the trill makeup from uh, Next Generation, um, they didn't like it. And so, I guess because this episode was shot, Deep Space Nine would have been in production almost at this point. So that this makeup look was the inspiration to, to redo the trill makeup. So I don't know if the same makeup artist was on set that day or something and, and liked the look of it and decided to try it. But I did also see in their research that Famke Jansen was originally looked at to play Jadzia Dax on Next Generation or not Dix on Deep Space Nine. Yeah. And then she had to she couldn't sign to do it because she had other projects come up.
0: Yeah, I thought that was interesting, too. Now, obviously, they um, adapted it a little bit differently for the trill because there there were features of uh, Kamala's markings that were not used on um, Dax, you know, having the, the spots down the back of her neck. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she also didn't have the spots going you know, a longer collarbone and that sort of thing. Right. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was it was neat that they used a, a version of it.
1: Did either of you think that Ambassador Ulrich looked like Richard Simmons? <laughs>
2: <laughs> not, not until right now, but totally does.
1: <laughs> yep.
2: <laughs> That's all I can I
0: think just, about
1: when I saw the guy.
0: I just thought it was strange that he had this, like, weird orange, like, cotton candy hair
1: yeah exactly why do they always pick like the weirdest looking guys to to put with these like beautiful women yeah they always do that
0: yeah I think it kind of um, emphasizes the fact that this is totally an arranged marriage and when you know a lot of arranged marriages and that sort of thing aren't that awkward and, and odd you know The the Mm -hmm. two sides are more evenly matched, (laughs) usually.
1: Right, right.
0: At least uh, some that I've seen, anyway.
1: Yeah, I feel like we haven't really touched much on the, you know, themes of the episode, you know, about... I really, I guess this is kind of like, uh, this is a recurring theme in Star Trek, where they talk about, you know, somebody being used for the greater good, and they should have the choice of choosing whether or not they do that. Um, I know mm. TNG probably had several episodes. I can think of another one called The Vengeance Factor that was very similar to this plot. Slightly different, but still a a young lady, sort of young lady being used by her people for a certain thing. And her not really having a choice, mm. um, you know, or not feeling like she had a choice in the matter or whatever. And I'm sure Voyager and DS9 had, a, you know, episodes like that. I don't know, is it like, um, what would be the analogy in in today uh, today's world for that? Is it, because I kept referring to like slavery, like a slave trader. Do you think it was referring to like sort of like the sex slave type underworld that we have going on? Or what do you think we were supposed to get out of this episode?
0: Yeah, um, it did seem very political. Um I, I don't know whether it was directly referencing kind of the a a sex slavery, but you know very obviously this is someone being used for a purpose um and they were they were looking at it from a, a slavery type angle and and just the fact that it was a marriage kind of made it different on that end but you know it is Picard, I think, does bring up that you know, arranged marriages have been a political tool for a long time, and so you know, uh, Crusher does say, "Well, <laughs> don't you think we should change that kind of thing?" But um, you know, it's it's a uh, it, it definitely is a weird commentary, and I don't know exactly where they were going.
2: A part of what I took away from the episode too was not just that, but that you can't always impose your worldview for lack of a better term on a different culture that when you do that it's just not going to work because you're not being willing to understand their perspective either what their worldview is and I think worldview is maybe a wrong term but I can't think of a different one that your you just, cultural values yeah, onto yeah, another culture yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that just because uh, yeah it's just a weird a weird thing that was more of like what I I took away from the episode more than anything else.
1: Yeah, but then they did this weird thing where they twisted it to where Kamala didn't want to go through with the ceremony instead of just saying, no, this is the way things are in my culture, you know, which would have been that kind of what you're talking about of that more black and white morality of, you know, does Picard have the right to do that? And then she like twists it And it's like, I don't want to go through with this, but I feel like I'm being forced to, you know, and all of this stuff. I don't know. I I just kind of left that whole storyline a little bit confused as as to what they were trying to, like, you know, communicate with all of that. Mm. Um, I mean, I got the whole thing. Picard felt very troubled by not being able to step in and all of that, Uh, which happens a a lot also in Star Trek. That's a whole, like, prime directive deal. Yeah. Right, that's, that's a huge part of Star Trek of not interfering and in that whole moral quandary. Yeah,
0: I almost got the feeling like the first time that Picard asks if Kamala's doing this of her own free will, in a sense, yeah, I mean, she says yes. And in a sense, she knows nothing different. So, um,. I kind of use a, a zookeeper analogy from, from my day job. Um, a lot of people, uh, they see animals in zoos. Um, now obviously I'm talking about good zoos where they have good exhibits. Um, and people think, Oh, wouldn't, wouldn't they be happier in the wild? That animal doesn't know what the wild is. You know, they, they were born in a zoo and, you know, Unless they were raised with the intent of release, you know, that is day-to-day life for them. That's normal. That's comfortable. You know, they, a lot of times if they do get out of their exhibit, they want to go back. And they actually will try to make their way back because that's comfortable. That's their territory. And um, it. so it wasn't until Kamala interacts with the Starfleet crew that she even realizes Oh, maybe I should want something different. Um, so yeah, I I thought that was was a very interesting way to go about it. Um, but you know, it brings up the a thing of well, is she then doing? You know, if if all she knows is hey, this is the the way my life is supposed to go, then maybe that is her her choice. Maybe that is the, the, the comfortable level and now, all of a sudden, now she's still got to go through with this and now she's going to live her life knowing that it could have been different.
1: Yeah, that's the weird thing about this is, well, should Picard have allowed his crew to influence her? Mm. You know, it, should he have just cut that off right away instead of You know, if that was the case, if that's all she knew and all of that stuff, and that was their culture and their thing, you know, uh, why run the risk of polluting that, you know, by letting her see other points of view and all of that stuff, which I think that was Picard's stance at first. It was. Beverly, like, convinced him (laughs) to go talk to her. I don't know. Just some really strange choices going on in this episode about that. I don't feel like Picard protected or followed the prime directive at all mm. in this. And of course the other uh, thing you know that I think the writers were trying to do in this episode was to give us more insight into Picard's character. Um, mm. Because Kamala kept pushing him and pushing him and pushing him to reveal more of himself to her. And she made it obvious that she, she knew that um, he kind of felt alone a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the way she, you know, makes references to certain things, and uh, almost like that was, you know, a regret of his, and we, we of course see that in his life throughout several episodes, and you know, other series and the movies and stuff like that. Uh, we do get that sense of Picard choosing that lonelier life, mm-hmm. but also having some you know regrets about that too possibly we get to see more of Picard's personality he's how much of an introvert he is talking about he didn't want to perform you know on stage in front of people mm. and stuff like that um so i think you get the sense that Picard's an introvert anyway from sort of from the beginning of the series but it's just little moments like that where you see more and more of that personality come out yeah Alright, well, um, I guess we'll wrap up our discussion of The Perfect Mate. Our question for you today, if you had your own metamorph who had to become whatever she or he wanted for you, what sort of interest would she pick up on for you? Like, she had archaeology and Shakespeare for Picard, so what would that interest be for you that the metamorph would pick up on? Hmm. Probably Star Trek, right? <laughs> uh the first yeah, thing for a lot of people yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah for for most of the people listening yeah um i was thinking for for me i'm pretty sure um animals would would figure prominently
2: mm, yeah i have no idea for me yeah me too I mean hopefully it'd be someone that loves to to read cuz i love to read and would want to discuss maybe what we've been reading but uh, yeah that sounds so boring um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't well, you know. know.
1: She she did talk about Shakespeare for Picard, so Uh I don't know what mine would be. I would say that I've been getting into golf more recently, uh, since moving. So maybe I'll just say golf. Like you yeah. learn to play golf. So Alright. Well we want to hear your answers, so please write into us and Aaron will tell you how to do that.
0: All right. So you can reach us through our Facebook page, which is the Triples and Transporters Podcast page. Also through our Twitter, at Triples Podcast. On Instagram, we are Triples and Transporters Podcast. And then we have triplesandtransporters at gmail.com.
1: The links are in the description below. So click on those if you want a quick way to get to them. And uh, thanks, guys, for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye bye. Bye bye.